Mad About Africa. We've got Mad an author, Africa. Nomalanga Mkize. Who is she, by the way? All right. She's an author, historian, and former presenter of SABC's Shoreline. She's published an African history book for children called In Africa with RVN Kumbi, and it tells the story of Africa from ancient times to independence. Published under her pen name, Kize Wamazambezi, the book covers important themes like rock art, the rise of ancient civilizations, and ancient trade, African philosophy, slavery, colonization, and struggles for independence. Now, each page is illustrated by Sunny Singapi and designer Bulelani Boy to make it attractive and appealing for children. It actually took Nomalanga three years to complete this book because of funding difficulties, which we'll ask her about, and also finding time between working and being a mom. So excited. She joins us on the line all the way from Grahamstown. Nomalanga, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? No, I'm good. By the way, Grahamstown is now called Makanda. 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 Yeah. Makanda. It's after fresh, no? Yeah. If, if only somebody yeah. had mentioned that off air. <laughs> <laughs> so, Nomalanga, I mean, what insp- I'm, I'm reading what this book is all about, and I feel like adults need this book. What made you say, you know what, I need to create a book with all of this information for children? The fact that when I went into the shop, such a book didn't exist. Mm. <laughs> that was the reason. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, when you go to the shops and you're looking for general knowledge books, you know, books uh, for, for kids about Africa, don't exist. So and if they are there, they mostly really focus on either Egypt or they focus on people like David Livingston, all the white people who apparently discovered Africa. So I thought, no, 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 I must. we're going to have to make our own book since I can't see one mm. in the shop. Chris got a little bit uncomfortable there when you said all the white people. All the white people. I didn't discover Africa. Um, it was it was here when I got here. We've yeah, been telling you, you this, Chris. In 1978, it was, it was already there. So so I'm, I'm curious about where your passion for Africa comes mm. from because there are not many people who naturally wake up and say, I want to know more about this beautiful continent uh, we live in. Some people literally have only lived in Soweto and have never left Soweto. Yeah. No, I mean, we don't have a choice. We are really uh, struggling with a history of having been oppressed, of having been marginalized from the world and everything, and our resources being taken, our traditions being stifled. I mean, and what roads must fall, I think it was clear that even if time passes, the children wake up and suddenly they have rage because they're saying, we are, don't, we are not finding ourselves in the books, we're not mm-hmm. finding ourselves in the history books. So clearly there's something I, I think that psychologically we need to always remind ourselves, okay, this is where we come from. It's not as Helen Zilla will say, it's not like white people arrived and gave us things. We had things. Yeah. So yeah. we have to teach our children that. Are, are you going to do a, an adult version for us as well? I think the way Helen Zilla operates and talks, I think she needs the kiddie version first. <laughs> Just some basics, you wow. know, with nice illustrations. <laughs> so the adults can actually use my book because it's, yeah, it's not entirely an easy book. It's, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's a book that does require that maybe even some, some adults be next to the child to explain things that may be a little bit. It, it, is, it isn't a book that's about. Fun, fun, fun. It's a book about history. So. No, but that's that's because yeah. we need to learn that thing. Is it going to be available in all the bookstores or just maybe like the exclusive ones? 
<laughs> I know it's at this point because uh, of uh, the way white monopoly capital works. It's difficult to get the book in many places, but um, fortunately, exclusives has taken it. Bargain Books has taken it. So your major bookshops. Uh, should have it, but you mm. probably have to go to the counter and say, do you have this book? Please ask for it. Mm. Otherwise, you can find it. Thankfully, there are amazing black, young black entrepreneurs like ethnickids.co.za. Go to their website, order it from there. So, Nomalang, I want to just take a step back. I mean, how would, did you uh, find yourself at a place where, I mean, you are a presenter, you're a historian, mm. and then now you are an author, but in between you are working. So just share with mm. us the journey um, that you had yes. to take in your career where you eventually like, okay, I'm going to do this book. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it does feel a little bit uh, demanding to sort of do these multiple things. But I often feel that as Africans, we need to pick up multiple uh, forms of, of expression. So we have to learn many ways of doing the things that we do, mm. because otherwise there's not there's no one who's really going to do it. I mean, it, it shocks me even now that there's so much interest in the book because in the shops there is no book like this. So mm. if I hadn't done this book and taught myself how to become self-published and, uh, you know, I, then the book wouldn't be there. That was my point. Mm. If, if we, we need to, to, to get up and do it. I mean, I, I often think, you know, our kids read about Vikings. They read about the Roman Empire. I mean, kids read books with the word Colosseum in it. And nobody thinks the word Colosseum is difficult for kids to understand. They read about gladiators. They read about Isaac Newton. They read all these things, and everyone just assumes, oh, kids can read about European history. Mm. They read about Stonehenge. Mm. So, I mean, I thought to myself, well, Surely they can read about Nubia. <laughs> Surely they can read about Edo Kingdom. Surely they can read about Mapungu verse. Surely they can read about all these other things that have happened in Africa simultaneous to times like Stonehenge and others. So for me, it's like as Africans, you, you end up having to find yourself, you know, being a this and a that and a that, you know, mm. so that you can actually um, show kids that we are able to do our own things. If we don't show our kids that we can write our own books, Mm. Well, then in 20 years, we're going to have another road must fall. Mm. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering yeah. then what, you know, you spoke, spoke a little bit about the things that kids do learn. What would you change to uh, the curriculum if you could? Mm. And I'm not even just saying history, I mean in J, or what would you add to the curriculum? Well, in the first instance, we need to add in our curriculum basic things like how Africans name you know, so when they do history at school, they get taught about this thing called a family tree. A family tree in the history curriculum is a mother and a father. Mm. And I say to people, but what about clan names? That's why, I mean, I use my clan name uh, in the, in the, uh, as my pen name for this book. Most African kids will learn different systems of naming, but those are not acknowledged in our history books. Mm. And so our kids have to learn a Victorian model of origins, which is, oh, there's a mother and there's a father. Whereas mm. in our naming systems, there's many people and there's more many people before you and so on and so on. And you're named after them. You're given your inheritance, traits or fools or things like that. That's not in the history curriculum. Mm. Besides the fact that there are so many African, ancient African elements in the curriculum that are just missing, you know, um, that are not grounding the children in knowing that effort to the development of, of, of world um sort of the development of the ancient world. Mm. So some of it is there, but it's not taught in a way that it takes it very seriously. How would you link 
our history with culture? I mean, looking at, you know, this new wave of wokeness, what would you say about that, considering your perspective is not just a South African one, you're speaking for for Africa as a whole? So um, history is a funny thing because it's what happened in the past and it's how we remember what happened in the past. So it's very important that as Africans, we get a very deep sense of the past that we know that, it, you know, white people have literally only been here for 400 of 80,000 years of human history in Africa. You know, um, for example, a very small uh, example is, you know, long ago they used to think that human beings only gained intelligence when they were in Europe, and they would find all this evidence in European caves and so on. Now, obviously, because that was false, a lot of uh, evidence about human intelligence and culture, human culture, is found in the Eastern Cape from 80,000 years ago, and it's found in the Western Cape. So all of human beings gain their cultural intelligence from the Africans that lived here 80,000 years ago. Now, if you shift that time scale, it means that you can't always be obsessed just about what whites say about us. We have to go back and learn what we have said about us. And that way you're starting to think, oh, okay, so even in the future, maybe we don't have to worry completely about what whites say about us, but it's about how we invent ourselves. We have an 80,000-year-old cultural history. Just go to UCT. They've got all the evidence there. Hmm. And, and how different would you say we are as, as South Africans from the rest of Africa? Or are we quite similar? I mean, Africa is very differentiated. I mean, just let's talk genetically. We are the most genetically diverse population on the planet because we are the source population. We're the oldest population on the planet. So we've got more genetic diversity amongst ourselves than any other population on the planet. So we are diverse in our genes and we are diverse in our cultural expressions. But one thing that we do have in common is that we have a myriad of sounds and languages and cultures that link to one another. And we have a myriad of social practices where we see similarity whether you're somewhere up at the top of Africa at the bottom. No, Malanga, what, we, so, we yeah. want to pick up on that. We do need to go and pay bills very quickly, but this conversation is going to continue. Uh, find us on hashtag Fresh Breakfast if you have any questions for our guests this morning. Mad about Africa. Nomalangam Kiza, who's an author, historian, former presenter for SABC's Shoreline, and she's speaking about a children's book, which she says uh, Helen Zilla can also read in Africa with <laughs> Avi and Kumbi. And that giggle that you're hearing, the very DA giggle, is coming oh. from DA our giggle. comedian co-host, Chris Forrest, who's hanging out with us on this Mad About uh, Africa Thursday. Nomalanga, thank you so much for staying on the line with us. Thank you. You know, I, I absolutely love your passion for our continent, which is one of the reasons that we make a Thursday a Mad About Africa Thursday. What are some of the misconceptions you think we as Africans have about ourselves? Well, um, I think in the first instance, for me, one of the main things right now is to try and um, get us to understand that the history we have is, is, is literally tens of thousand years longer than when Europeans arrived, right? I know that the past 400 years has been extremely painful on us. It's this brutal history of enslavement and colonization. But we have to remember that we have literally 80,000 years worth of cultural and political history before Europeans arrived. And I think it's a very difficult thing for people to wrap their heads around. All human beings on this planet are descendants from Africans. Now, if, if you start there, just imagine what that really means. 
All human beings on this planet are descendants of small groups of Africans from 80 to 100,000 years ago that left Africa and populated the rest of the planet. Mm. If you start there, it really pushes you to start thinking about scale and time. So if Africans want to see themselves as players again on the global scale after this past 400 years, it means we have to really think of ourselves as being quite a dominant bunch of people. We've been here for 80,000 years. So that type of... um, way of seeing time and uh, you know of continuous development of humanity on the african continent and it populating the rest of the world i don't think we have a very strong sense of that no malaga i, like the, I love the fact that you're trying to encourage kids to embrace identity especially african identity here's my concern though the book is written in english and our kids don't mm. know their own mother tongues they're struggling to speak yeah. their own mother tongues and we're teaching their identity their own african continent in isilungu how are we going mm-hmm. to get past this one step at a time, I guess? Well, you know, we have a, a serious problem with that. In fact, I came into writing this book. I've already written books in African languages. So we've already, I do already write in African languages. I've written comics for kids in KwaZulu-Natal and Zulu mm. that do things like teach science, that teach general knowledge. But um, I think particularly because of my own limitations as a Zulu speaker and a Zulu writer, I decided, you know what, let me first write a book that I can then go and back translate. Because now that it's written in English, I can now ask people that speak different African languages to do the translation. So in fact, that is part of, in fact, if you look at the first draft of the book, so I had to kind of come back a bit on that, just so that I can present the book to the general public and say, here is the book. Now, if we can then take it another uh, step further. Um, and start translating it into the idioms that will then help the kids to see the history through their languages. So, it, but it shows again. I have to be a one-man show. What we were saying earlier that as Africans, now you have to think about all the ramifications of your work. Mm. You have to think first. I must publish the thing. Oh my goodness! Now we must publish it in our own languages. How am I going to do that? Now I have to figure that next process out. So, when you were speaking to your illustrators. The discussion wasn't yeah. always about, no, the nose is too big. No, the bump's n- not supposed mm. to be like that. Is this the kind of co- yeah. conversations that you had with your illustrators? I hope not. No, no, no. It, the, the, the kind of conversation we had with the illustrators was about how to create uh, imagery that is a, um, going to captivate the child in the first instance. Mm. And then in the second instance, it is, how do you present Africans in an illustrated way? So it looks slightly magical, but doesn't look overly magical, in a way that these Africans are going to look like themselves. Now, that, you may think that that's a small thing to achieve, but it isn't. It's very difficult. You know, I don't have to say make the nose smaller, but I hope out of you know, the robe this, this figure is being illustrated with, and suddenly you have like a regal look, you know. Because we are competing with Disney. We don't yeah. have a choice, but we can't draw like Disney. We don't want to be Disney. So mm. we have to find a way to make the colors and, 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 and things speak to the kid. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've given a brief outline of what the book covers. What would you say yeah. is a highlight of the book that children and adults alike could look forward to? Probably my, uh, there are three uh, highlights in the book. For me, it's, it's difficult to choose, obviously. The first one is the page on uh, ancient Nubia. Ancient Nubia is almost a little bit too mythologized by the African-Americans, you know, my Nubian queen and all that. Mm. But in fact, 
the Nubian, uh, there's a Nubian queen that I think a lot of us celebrate that we that I've portrayed there, who is the queen that uh, managed to defeat and repel the Roman Empire when it tried to invade Nubia. Mm. So in that particular page, I depict the Roman kneeling at the foot of this great Nubian dark-skinned queen asking for trade because they are unable to conquer the Nubians. Mm. So that kind of representation is important for me. So we can move away from ancient Egypt. Um, then there's the page on, um, on, on, on resistance to colonization where the dominant figures, they are women. So I've gone out of my way to make sure that our conception of resistance is not a masculine only, not just male. Mm. In Africa, women are very vigorous, as Pumzele van Dam has shown us. Um, so, um, <laughs> vigorous. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. so it's that type of thing that I've tried to put forward. But yeah, it's hard for me to choose. But those mm. two pages, they sit too close to my heart. Look, it sounds like exciting stuff. I mean, when we come back to wrap up the conversation, we'll find out from you where exactly we can get the book, where we can find you on social media and uh, spread the word on this book. And maybe you need to send a signed copy to Helen Zeller. So where do we get this book? So you can find this book online for those who are online savvy. Ethnickids.co.za is one uh, beautiful retailer that has it. Lutz.co.za or um, you have to go into a bookshop and sort of ask for it because they may have it uh, or they may order it for you. And so, yeah. Where can we find you online and on social media? Uh, I'm not on social media, but oh. I would say people must just wait uh, for the upcoming book, which is the next in this series, The History of Technology, because we have to push our children further, further. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wait for me to make the announcement next year. Um, I can't be on social media and write books. Sure. <laughs> agreed, agreed. <laughs> While others are writing tweets, you're writing books. So if you'd Born like to now. order the book, kids at historyeducation.africa. Her name is Nomalangam Kize, author for our Mad About Africa feature. Thank you so, so much for chatting uh, to us. And then, of course... Uh, last, last question. Are you going to send an autographed copy to, to Helen? To Mr. Steve Hoffman. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to send it to a black child that needs it so they can take over the future. That's oh, wow. Yes. Yes. No, no, no. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us.